guest, Succession. <laughs> and now your hosts, Mike and Christian. Hell yeah. Thanks, Don Pardo, for bringing us in today. Oh, uh, yeah. Been doing Don Pardo all weekend. Hi, Christian. Hello, Mike. This is High Little Takes with Mike and Christian, everyone. That's exactly right. We're back after a long, a longer break than usual. Yeah, I was just saying earlier that we... We chose the wrong way to break Succession down in this two-episode-by-two-episode two format because the show was so fucking good that we should probably be doing this every week. But but we were also filming a short this weekend, That's which right. is part of the reason I'm a little horsey. Yeah, we were, we were trying to do the thing that we sit here and criticize. Yep. Because <laughs> and it's time-consuming. Because if you can't critique, well, just might as well just do, you know? That's what I always said. Yeah. And we, you know, we're good at some things. Yeah, we showed an, we showed early promise as critics, mm-hmm. and we thought it was about time that we yeah that we just keep plowing on with our own creative endeavors. But and we've been moderately successful at all of those things. Moderately being the operative word. Yeah, but we can talk more about that thing in moderation. And we can. T- <laughs> yeah, hell yeah! That's all right, so we start. so we got a bunch of we're gonna talk about Succession, the third and fourth episodes of Succession, mm-hmm. and. And just kind of, we got a we got a pile of crap that we want to dig through a little bit. The first thing that I brought up to that I wanted to talk about a little bit is Netflix. Uh-huh. Just uh, just in general, because there's a and there's I mean there's obviously a few points that we want to. Yeah, I spent uh, a long weekend with Netflix when we weren't filming. I sure, was watching the, the Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal. Right, which I'm going to catch up on, so Dark Crystal fans, yeah. we're totally going to get into that show. I just rewatched the movie so that I was more prepped to watch the show. Now I want to go rewatch the movie. Great. So while you're doing that, I think that I'll catch up on the show yeah. and that and the and the two documentaries that are on there as well because yep. we're we're big Jim Henson we'll, guys. We'll get both we'll both get that done in the same amount of time. Absolutely. And maybe we'll <laughs> dig and see if we can find that Jim Henson short on Criterion that we love yeah. so much. Just so I, we can have a Jim Henson appreciation podcast. I think I also might have a copy of one of the behind-the-scenes books from the original. The original, the original Dark Crystal? Uh-huh. They, they use it as a oh. reference material for this new one. Oh, fuck. Yeah, like world-building shit. That? Yeah. Okay, see, so that's right up my alley. Yeah. But that's a great lead-in for, like... We'll get into that later. And, we'd, and I think that we'd said this in an episode earlier where we were like... A lot of the nostalgia programming that's been going on in TV and movies hasn't really worked on either one of us yeah. until The Dark Crystal came along. Yeah, when we both saw that trailer, we got pretty uh, uh, misty, I'd mm-hmm. say. Misty is a, a good way to put yeah. it. We just watched a couple trailers, because the thing that I said to you earlier was that Netflix kind of has my attention right now in a way that it sort of doesn't usually. I sometimes find their programming to be a little trite and some of those scripts seem like they need a little bit more work in a lot of I, cases i think they owned up to that note sure they were getting that note and they've kind of embraced that their the quality of their material wasn't up to snuff and right. they're kind of working harder at that right so we just watched two trailers for stuff that's about to come out on netflix two movies that really have a an element of prestige to them that i'm i'm really excited about and i think that you're just as excited i think after yeah, watching they both seem of them. like uh mainstream or at least, uh, you know. They seem like Oscar fodder, they, they I would say. They seem like the kind of thing we would see at the Art House Theater, at least. Absolutely. So the movies that we're talking about, the first one is A Marriage Story, directed by Noah Baumbach, that I think just debuted in Telluride this uh-huh. this past weekend. With Scarlett Johansson. Adam Driver. And I thought, and for some reason when you said it, I pictured Adam McKay. <laughs> what? Like, in the movie? Yeah, isn't it? Wait, who's the guy? I think of Adam Scott from Adam Big Scott, Little Lies. Yes, I was picturing, yeah, not Adam McKay. I can picture him in the movie, too, but I'm glad Adam it's Driver. McKay making that. <laughs> Driver's a little more, like, leading man handsome, rel- you know. Not okay. to say Adam Scott's not, but he's, you know, well, a guy. I think that opens up the whole bag of worms for anyone that's debating whether or not Adam Driver's handsome in any category. <laughs> he's an odd guy. I, I like know. him. I like him. And I, I like think, him too. And I think that that movie looks fucking good. That yeah. looks like that was built in a lab for people like me. I am all about the like the stretched out relationship drama and the fact yeah. that it's a playwright and an actress as the primary. Oh, I didn't realize that was. That's the I. Dynamic. That's not. That's not quite as clear in the trailer as it is in the descriptions of it uh, that he is a playwright. Yeah, you've done more homework on this than I. Have. I'm. I'm pretty looks, excited. I, I also am a fan of like a well done relationship breakdown. Of course. Story. Yeah. But I also now I'm more intrigued knowing they're in industry folk, you know. Yeah. I mean? 
I mean, who's not who's not immediately locked in after seeing her dancing with Wallace Shawn in the empty black box? Like, well, just having Wallace Shawn in anything's gonna get my attention. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to Wallace Shawn. Yeah, right. Hashtag Wallace Shawn. <laughs> that might be the title of our episode. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, there it's cool because you, you didn't realize this either. There are two trailers to this thing. Yeah. So the first one ha- that we saw has Scarlett Johansson describing. Adam Driver and the, no, the, sec- the first one is, is Driver. Yeah, he's describing her. And, and I had seen that switches. one going around on Twitter, and it wasn't until we watched that YouTube version that you get both of them. And you don't. And that really, if 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 it were just him talking about her, it wouldn't be the same. You're getting both yeah. their perspectives. Right. Really, I like that a lot. And they both end with the really great little scene where she says, "I think we should talk," and he goes, "Okay." And then there's a pause, and he says, "I don't know where to start." And that's so, that's on Yeah, those. I've been inside of that conversation many times. Yeah. And you see Maybe people, not perhaps that exact conversation if they're getting divorced yeah. with a child. But. And you see that in the trailer, that they have, they have this marriage that is suddenly cut to divorce court. Yeah. And they have that, it, it has a lot of Kramer versus Kramer vibes. Yes, actually, which is one of my f- favorites. Yeah, um, absolutely. I love that movie. Absolutely. That's true. I didn't think about that. Two of the, I mean, even down, even down to like the look of the two of them, really. That might be one of the better examples of that kind of thing, even though it's really more from Dustin Hoffman's perspective. Sure. Yeah, because Meryl Streep kind of disappears in the middle of that yeah, movie. Yeah, but it's a good example. Her, like when God, when she comes, oh man, that's a fucking great movie. <laughs> and you know the scene in that where he slaps the glass against the wall. Uh-huh. He didn't tell her he was gonna do that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Like a lunatic. Yeah, Hoffman's and, obviously a little problematic these days, but well, you know, good shit back then. Yeah, who could have seen it coming? <laughs> only, was, was only, my, was only my everybody. <laughs> Method, baby. Tell me who Epstein's friends were. <laughs> we don't care who it is. I want all the names. We want all the names. I don't care which side they're on. Yeah, we don't care. <laughs> uh, all right, so moving on, the next thing that we want, we... Uh, you rewatched and I watched the Irishman trailer. Yeah. Which, I mean, it looks like a old Scorsese movie. Yeah, it's Scorsese getting uh, De Niro and Pesci and uh, Pacino's in there. Mm-hmm. Bobby yeah. Cannavale is also yeah. in that movie. It, and he's like the new, this generation's that kind of guy. Sure. But it looks, you know, it certainly doesn't look bad. No. It looks like Scorsese back in form. And uh, it looks like it, it, there's a de-aging... CG the de-aging stuff, thing, yeah. That's it, it, that's been the talk of that movie for the like what seven years we've been fucking yeah, talking about it. But it's I understand because it's going to take place over the course of thirty fucking years or something like that. Right. Which they always kind of he always like Goodfellas tried to do that a little bit, you know. I pointed out to you that De Niro is, to my knowledge, more Irish than he is actually Italian. Um, Which I that was fucking news to me. Because in uh, in Goodfellas he's the Irish guy, and that's why sure. He, and I always I guess I always thought that that was just strange. That was a weird move on the cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely carries himself like a, a the stereotype, or maybe the stereotype kind of came out of him in a lot of ways. Too. Right. What else on the subject of that movie? Well, the I guess I wanted to keep talking about Netflix and just ha- and then kind of get into the larger streaming discussion that we kind of touched on earlier. That I mean that those movies look fucking great, and they and they have my attention the way that none of these other places do, which we're staring down looking at this Disney Plus thing coming out and the Apple and, Plus well, thing coming yeah, out. Yeah, as you pointed out, Apple Plus seems like a really big contender with the morning show. <laughs> well, okay, so we should set that up a little bit because the Disney thing is like... The Disney thing is going gonna, is gonna to change everything because yeah. it's all the Disney movies, all the Marvel movies, all, ES- the, all the Muppet it's movies. It's ESPN and Hulu and nine other Yeah, all things. the things that they own. So, like, if you have a kid, you're going to have to fucking have it. And if you... At wherever a kid, you're gonna have to have. Uh, it. Yeah, eventually you're gonna crack and probably yeah. get it. And, and I want to watch Muppet Treasure Island. God right. Damn well, it. and if they have Hulu and they have ESPN, that means that they they have kind of an in on having live sports. So it's like, yeah, so many people are fucked with this, which is why the Apple thing is like, <laughs> what are they doing? They yeah. have this one show coming out that doesn't look good, and they're gonna, I guess, over time accumulate some titles. But it's like, why? Unless it's being included, like with your phone plan. Or if you have Apple Music or something like that, why would you go out of your way to spend money on that? Yeah, there's so many of these streaming services that I've been finding now. Um, I've found a new one called like 
Tubu or something that I watched Midnight Run on the other day. Right. Um, a friend of mine just told me about one that you can get through the library and watch a lot of like right. cr- you you watch cr- we, you have the Criterion one. I, yeah. Like there are so fucking there's many a of these. Shutter. There's the specific horror one. Like at a certain point, they're just gonna have cable packages like they fucking used to. Right. Like, which is why I which is why I kind of wanted to point Netflix up and be like after me not thinking that those shows were very good for a long time, they have a couple of these things that look truly great. I mean, they had Roma last year, which obviously probably should have won the Oscar. It was a beautiful movie. But well, they, they've stepped it but up. But now they're kind of turning it out in a higher volume, mm-hmm. and Disney has all of these obvious... Well, that's, obvious, that's uh, going to be the big three, right? Is Disney's going to step up, and we've already got Amazon and Netflix. Sure. Because Amazon is toe-to-toe with Disney as far as, like, ruling the fucking planet. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I love them both. No, just kidding. I have lots of, <laughs> I have lots of problems with both of them. But And I feel know. like I would have said that about Apple, too, but all of that stuff just seems very... Late to the game. Late to the game and ill-advised and, like, yeah. Ill, ill-prepared. Like, knife, like to, knife to a gunfight it kind is, of it's, thing. It's the Justice League movie, you know? Where they're <laughs> that like, might be something Where they're like, uh, we gotta throw Superman and Wonder Woman and all that. I obviously, I don't know anything about any of the superhero well, that's the brands d- or anything, but can't you see Apple being like, we're going to sign a 15-year you know, deal at DC? Yeah, well, <laughs> I think, I mean, Warner Brothers, I don't know who they work with. I don't know exactly how it all breaks down, because some of those properties tra- transfer over. We were talking earlier, like, like HBO and Sesame Street, but Netflix has the Dark Crystal, but all the Muppets are going to belong to Disney. So, right. so Jim Henson's has- legacy is being scattered. Who know? has the Looney Tunes? Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. So, yeah. but who? They also own DC, which is. But who like, owns Warner Brothers? I know that Warner Brothers. I don't know this. Uh, Warner Brothers, I think, also owns Harry Potter. Oh. Uh, so they're like, you know, as far as entertainment IP goes, like Disney's biggest competitor. Oh. They own DC, which is like the Superman, Batman shit. Right. It's um, right. Sony owns Spider Man, which has been a big deal lately. Of course. Yeah. Right. Uh, it doesn't mean anything to me, but well, I know it's a big I, deal. It, it all comes down to like how fucked our copyright laws are, because you know, right. uh, Mickey Mouse and Batman and Superman should be public domain characters at this point, like Sherlock fucking Holmes. I, I fucking and te- I, I teed you up for everything I, you want to talk about. I, I, get, <laughs> I get amped about that shit. We could we could have. A I'm whole clearing pod. the fucking lane for you we right now. Whole, go ahead. No, go ahead. We could have a whole pod talk about. Go in. Go in. Law. Go in on this right so, now. So like, copyright law has gone through a lot of manifestations and I would if I I could go to law school because I have a, I have a bachelor's in philosophy and if I did I'd probably get into this shit because I find it fascinating but basically if you want to have a public domain material right now material right now I think it's like uh, 1919 or 1920 or whenever sure but I mean like go go into more of why of the absurdity of like the the I guess like bureaucracy that's gone into like keeping Mickey Mouse and Superman and all of these yeah, things tucked away so that they, there was, there was so a, that they're not. Yeah, there was a point. like you can do a Thornton Wilder play they, for free, they but were, you can't. They were all supposed to enter the public domain, and then there was a big change. years ago. Like how long ago? Um, back in the late '90s and early 2000s, I think, and that's when they enacted some new law in it to lengthen the amount of time because it used to be like 30 years after the life of the author and then mm. it was like 70 years and now it's 90 years after the life of the author presuming the author like immediately dies after they finish their work right and it's specific work so like we could get one one song from scott joplin today or a painting from kandinsky but uh-huh. not another one because they came out the they'll be up up in a couple of years sure so they've really lengthened that amount of time so that they could hang on to all those intellectual properties that are making so much money and the other thing they did was they changed it so that if you can tie one of those IPs to a brand, it'll never enter the public domain. So like Mickey Mouse is never not going to be associated with Disney the same way Marvel characters aren't Mm going to be disassociated with Marvel, right? which Disney owns. So it's just a fucking shit show. I don't know. We need like an entertainment like Teddy Roosevelt to come in here or something. <laughs> because it's really the kind of, it's fucking mafia syndical, syndicalism mm-hmm. where they're like, okay, if you want this cable package on this side of town, you need this company. And if you want this cable package on this side of town, you need this company. Uh-oh. And so if they're just covering different neighborhoods and stuff, you're going to buy them all. They know that. 
Right. And the ones that don't make it, like Apple, might have a problem unless they pull something crazy out of their ass. I mean, what's, I guess I'm just, the, the Apple thing, what, I'm so fascinated I bet there's some other flagship thing we're not aware of that... It's probably I, You know, I think that there are. Maybe when we take our break, I'll look that up. Because I know that there's supposed to be a couple things down the line that they have, but also, and this is a trailer that we didn't watch, but is obviously going to be the flagship of that Disney thing, is The Mandalorian, starring our boy Werner Herzog. And they're also the one... People, and Giancarlo Esposito. Well, the one the one all the Star Wars fanboys are really excited about is that Ewan McGregor's going to come back to make a series. Oh. As, um, and this is on the Disney Plus thing? Yeah, and those are going to be released weekly, which is something you were saying Netflix Oh, the is Netflix gonna is going to move. That, that was one of my points about Netflix, too. Yeah, is that they're going to start moving to that, which I think is such the right move. So that you can actually have people talk about the show as opposed to like either ignoring it or obsessing about something that maybe none of your friends are going to watch. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, well, and you talked about the media frenzy lasting two, yeah. two, two months instead of, yeah. instead of a weekend or whatever when yeah. it comes out, like the Monday after the... You don't get, yeah. the, you don't get the, the Reddit theory threads that you got exactly, for like exactly. for breaking bad yeah you don't have people and shit dying like for the rest of your show yeah. and that actually is the thing that I forgot that I definitely wanted to talk about is that Netflix also has the Jesse Pinkman movie coming out in a month oh have you watched the trailer for that is there a trailer? I thought there was. There is a trailer. We might need to watch it when we take a break. And Son of a bitch! This was the trailer that I wanted. That I was like, we need to I watch. Forgo- that. I, f- I forgot about it. Me too. Because but that, I knew it. But I knew that there were three Netflix there's, movies. There's so, <laughs> there's so many of these like tie-in properties to a previous IP that's going on right now. Like, they're gonna make a Sopranos show about young Tony Soprano. It's a movie. It's a movie starring James Gandolfini's actual son. Yeah, yeah. I know that, like, there's a... FX has a sequel to Sons of Anarchy called The Mayans right now. I think my brother might be watching it because they were into that thing. Hmm. Um, Game of Thrones was supposed to have all these spinoffs, and I don't think that should sure. happen so, so, I mean, so what do you think about that? I mean, specific, because I never finished The Sopranos. I have a, a horror story about The Sopranos that's similar to my Marvelous Mrs. Maisel thing. But Breaking Bad, we've obviously both been through, I think, a couple times. Do you want the Jesse Pinkman movie? Well, okay, so I wasn't sure about Better Call Saul. And it fucking rules. But I'm not caught up with it either. Like, I haven't watched the last But even what you've seen, I mean, But I really liked it. Oh, yeah. And it's made by the same guys. Like, I know Vince Gilligan is the mind behind the Jesse Pinkman thing. Exactly. And And so I'm cool with it. I kind of trust him, Because it's going to be their sequel series. Yeah. They're going full fucking Star Wars with the Breaking Bad universe, and I love the Breaking Bad universe. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I really love Vince Gilligan's just, like, deft knife... That he can take to comedy yeah. and drama and have that like balance on the edge of that thing. Like, yeah. He's one of the best guys at that. That opens up a lane for me to say, give me the Sally Draper in the 80s series. Oh yeah, we joked about that one. That was one that people teased a lot as that show was ending. And I've, I've never forgotten it. It would be, what would, but you'd have to see like Don showing up once in a while. Because Betty would be dead. Yes, she would be. And uh, we still have Thanks to do, for reminding We still everyone. have to do our Mad Men thing at some point. Well, I propose um, I pitched you an idea on the Mad Men thing. All right, we'll get, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get, get into, into that. that. Yeah, because how old would Don be at that point? He'd be like fucking. He'd be like in his early sixties. Yeah, and he'd have like his fifth wife or some shit like yeah. that. Like he'd be like I think you ruined that character retroactively a little bit. See, but also if. If Matthew Weiner, if Matthew also, Weiner like had the idea, I'd be like, okay, I want to see it. And if he's like, this is gonna make the kind of comments about the era we're in now that Mad Men was making about the early two thousands when it was coming out. Sure. And Don is a scumbag, you know, which I'm still on the fence about. Not really. Don does some pretty scummy things, but he's so cool. So should we take a little break and then get into Succession? While we're I think talking so, I think about so. media conglomerates and whatnot. Yeah, that conversation went on a little bit longer than I thought, but we can come back and do some success. Do I'm really happy with the way this conversation went. Yeah. Yeah. And for the record, we have been recording all of this out of a black velvet shoe. That's right. Whatever that means to anybody. We'll be right back. Bye. I think that we're good. Succession. Succession. Fuck yeah. Succession. Succession. We're back. 
so during the break, I watched the the El Camino, Jesse Pinkman movie trailer. It's a very teaser trailer. You want to get into that now? Or like no, 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 no. I just wanted to. We brought we brought it up in the beginning. I watched it. There's not enough to go on, so I have I have no hot, I have no hot takes. Hot, cold, big well, or little on that one. Well, we had another trailer we wanted to talk about too, but we can. We're gonna it. we're gonna save that. We can end. Right now, we're gonna fucking get to what we came for. We are being snuck back into this building like Cleopatra, baby. <sighs> Succession. Succession. Hit the fucking music one more time. We're back with the Roys. Fuck yeah, The Roy dude. family. So, I I made an observation about this show this week. Oh. I realized that what Succession does really well is that every episode is a bottle episode. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I, it didn't occur to me until this episode. Uh-huh. But every episode has, like, a centerpiece place and mm-hmm. scene that mm-hmm. shows the... Yeah, extravagance or the power or whatever it needs to show about the way this family functions. Absol- absolutely. So would you? So is the is the panic room? The panic rooms are the bottles in this case. And then and, and Tom's in the wrong bottle with Greg. <laughs> but so then the, uh, and the last week it the was, dinner would have been bore on the floor. Absolutely. Wow. Might have been the most Shakespearean scene we were both. Oh, well, you know, we were both my, texting about that. My one. take to you after I think watching the Bore on the Floor episode was, does Succession do Shakespeare better than Shakespeare? Yeah, I mean they, <laughs> that is uh, that might be the. I was thinking I was like this might be the best scene in the whole show. Just the the Bore on the Floor sequence. Yeah, just the whole. It's so long. It's like half the episode. From the point where right. they're all sitting down to dinner and uh, Papa Roy is like fucking so paranoid and do it, about right. to do his Shakespeare like, you know, Mad King move. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's fucking crazy. He, <laughs> I mean, he's having these guys crawl around on the floor, eating sausage, standing in the corner. Looking for the rat. He's, he's seeing, and then when someone gives, when Greg gives the answer he thinks he wants, he goes, you're a... F- on the floor, and he's he's like making this fucking crazy game up. Yeah, that was the best part of the after the episode was the guy saying that the the, the way that the scene is written is that Logan is just making the game up as he goes along, just trying to fry people as much as he can. Yeah, and he's doing like a fucking and this is and this is character, and this is all to find out who was talking to the biographer, which we know was Greg. Who had a meat, no meat, meat. Which, well, which ended up being somebody else that he, there, or that Kendall. And also, I mean, they, they, like, they'd all fucking talk to her. They've all It's really the thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, this, I'm very curious to see how the biography goes, because that seems like it's going to be the... And that got turned up in the new episode as well. I think that it'll be, like, the finale is, like, it came out, you know? They'll that could the way that the pace that this is going, the biography might come out in like the next three episodes for all we fucking or know. That biographer <laughs> is gonna get fucking murdered. Oh my god. We're gonna see that biographer lady fall, take a long walk off a short pier. Oh, holy shit. Okay, where all right, where else do we want to touch on this show? Because we can talk about death a little bit. We can talk about things that are maybe being foreshadowed <laughs> in this show. Oh sorry. Siri, shut up! Siri, would you shut up? Sorry. My okay. Australian Siri is just too charming for She her. loves the show. She's a doll. Yeah. She's a terrible assistant, but I love her accent. It's tough because we watched both of these, so I guess we can just jump around to, you know, we're going to assume everyone listening has listened to episodes, or has watched episodes three and four. Sure, if you don't like Succession, I don't know what you're doing here. Also, if you don't like Succession, I don't know what your deal is. Yeah, get on it. We can talk about the foreshadowed, maybe suicide of... Kendall, yeah, I think that him I two episodes thought... in a row looking at maybe jumping up for off the building in this episode, and we can get into the gun thing where someone at Waystar Royco commits suicide in the office. Well, and yeah, and the the ending with Kendall was my favorite that was because my... <laughs> he had gone out and stood on the edge of the on the ledge, 
and looked over, and then at the end of the episode, he goes back to the same spot, and there are just these huge walls of glass that could that'll yeah. stop him from killing yeah. himself, as if his dad is just hovering around him. Well, and trying that, to keep him from destroying himself. Oh my god! And that know. we can and. That comes after that wonderful scene with Shiv, which I think maybe we should save for the end of this conversation, because sure. that is one of Let's, the... We can backtrack to Boar on the Floor, the hunting trip. is sure. a thing, when they started doing that, I was like, oh man, we're going to see... I, I, I was kind of hoping it was going to be like some big game that they brought out, you know? They're like, we brought a lion to England or something, but it's just this boar massacre uh-huh you know it's just cheap shots yeah the way that they're chased out god i kind of forgot about that that's another one of your centerpiece moments of like the decadent nature of this family and and these people yeah and the and and there's such a great dynamic i think between greg and tom who are kind of the outsiders <gasps> tom has such know? a tom, i think it's tom has such a wonderful line when they get there where he's talking about how creepy england is and i wish i or how creepy europe is. oh yeah he's like creepy f- yeah <laughs> fucking england or, it's, it's, and, and he's a british actor which yeah is so it's layers to that uh i mean i wish i could remember that but greg and tom also i think have one of the the best moments in the new episode during the the uh, the shutdown of the building following the gunshot, where they're in the the second panic room yes. <laughs> or the inferior panic the, room, the not where panic room. where Greg breaks up with Tom, where someone could clearly climb through that window, or they could put <laughs> gas under under the door. Yeah, and one of the most madcap moments of Tom the, just throws. Greg, Greg tries to dump Tom, and Tom reacts by just hucking water bottles at him. Yeah, and then Greg reacts by asking Tom if he can blackmail him. Yeah, and you know... It's, <laughs> and Tom is impressed by And the... Tom is like, you little fucking weasel. And I loved that, actually. Because their dynamic is so fucking weird, and it didn't, it didn't occur to me until we were talking about Boar on the Floor, but like... It was so fucked of Greg to do that to Tom, who had just refused to rat him out. Tom walked around and ate sausage off the floor. Yeah, for Greg's sake, like yeah, he really was his, those, his the, pet, you know, and he was gonna protect him. Yeah, those two reflect the even as silly as they as Rosencrantz and Guildenstern as they yes. are, they reflect the exact same like moral code that all of the. Well, you know, chief executives of these companies do that we think of like these really bags, Shiv. Sure, and, everyone's and backstabbing Roy everybody. And, yeah, you like... Know? Well, they're they're learning the game. You know, they're both yeah. outsiders, and Tom's a little more eager to... And he's been around longer, and he's got Shiv promising, whispering promises in his ear, you know, like a... Like another great Shakespeare, Shiv, yeah. you know, he's, he's gonna go nuts at some point. Their Shiv plays him the... Apart. Like, Shiv clearly can play him the same way that Logan plays all of the kids. Yeah. And the way that he tries to play Greg, who he can't he doesn't have it in his bloodline to just kind of fuck with people that way. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't have the But the the Roy brothers are such fuck ups too. In this episode we get Yeah, to we see haven't talked about Kendall or uh, Roman at all. Also, I mean, all. can we start the Roman thing with I knew that there was going to be a sexual thing between Yes, the press secretary. Absolutely, you called that. Um, and what a fucking weird what a sequence! Gr- what a great scene that was. Well, but that, it, like, but it you're comes. Dis- you're a disgusting little pig. It comes immediately after him failing to do that with his actual girlfriend, f- with his who they haven't had sex ever. I think that's the deal. Is like he doesn't actually fuck her. I don't think he likes sex. I think he thinks it's gross. He's like, like Morrissey. Yeah, he's a weird fucking relationship with sex. The same way... Are we ever going to get a different Are we way, ever going to get the like, full explanation? Well, and it's like how Kendall has his drug problems. Like, these guys have fucked, you know, relationship dynamics oh, with themselves yeah. and with yeah, the world. Yeah, they are so shattered in all of their most personal yeah. ways. Yeah, exactly. Shiv's, like, the most together one, and she's, you know, her marriage is, I think, headed for rocks eventually. But she's the most like Logan. Yeah. They have the most similar behavioral patterns and like she's she's they're, the one they're usually in positions of control. And she's stepping into 
into place. This episode, I really liked her coming to observe and Kendall getting defensive and, and her not understanding why dad was, her dad was favoring Kendall in these ways because she, she knew something was up. She was like, what has he got on you or what is he protecting you from? Yeah. And he, that, yeah. I know we were going to wait to talk about that Let's just talk about it. I mean, those two have consistently been giving the most nuanced performances I've seen in any show for such a long time. Yeah, when when he goes to hug her and her face goes from like puzzled to actually realizing to he feeling and, something. Well, and he's sobbing. You see suddenly that he's like just weeping into her shoulder. Yeah, and, the and it's I don't know what it is if it's the the artifice that the characters themselves put up that when we see those broken down, it's like so moving and so effective but well and it's like the great secret of the she's first that. act you know yeah like she's, oh yeah she's, she's you know so close to him just saying i killed a man do you think that he'll tell her well she's like she calls him out they're like that's why they're like we're not going to call him out about the the, uh, the shoplifting you know and and shiv does but i think we might have him end up telling her or telling somebody I I predicted he was gonna try and kill himself, and they've already kind of like they've shown, really they've really they've leaned into it earlier than I yeah, expected. Yeah, it makes me nervous for my or for our guy Kendall. <laughs> well, but that might just be tension. They drag on forever, and maybe he won't kill himself, or who knows? Maybe he'll, he'll maybe he'll fucking overdose, or maybe he'll fuck it up. I think he, I think he'll probably overdose. Like that's been one of his things. Maybe we'll see him fucking do some heroin. In the third season, I'm also here for the <laughs> for the seagull version where he tries to shoot himself in the head and he just and fails. Yeah, totally, totally something fucked up like that. Because that's like what because he is a perpetual fuck up. That's like what he would do. The show can go in so many directions. Like, what would happen if Rome gets power, some kind of power, <laughs> and just goes on his like fucking because he would be like Caligula. Well, you know? also, what if, I mean, I mean, let's, and let's not rule it out, even though his odds don't look good. I'm checking the polls right now. Connor could get elected president. Yeah, well, <laughs> a lot of things could happen. Connor is such a great character. I loved the whole, the that whole sequ- well, even the whole sequence where he's like, don't, know. his name was Lester. He's telling his prostitute that the guy who's they, funeral they're they at, were, there they used to so make fun of and call him molester. There are so many spinning plates in that scene that I can't believe they pulled out in a way that affects the plot, because that's where the biographer is, yeah. waiting to hear what he has to say about this obviously problematic guy, and his girlfriends can steer him out of it in his speech, and the one and thing he, he get, repeats he to her is, from a young age, Connor Roy was very interested uh-huh. in politics. And the, and the speech, the eulogy he delivers is the flattest... <laughs> thing it's, it's like the, a it's, uh, it's the the most centrist you know gray goo of anything that he could speak and and that scene is fucked up because it's a comedic like b story but it goes to show how much these people value like the power and the family over like a man's life like yes. it's just a it's just a complete <laughs> you know it doesn't matter he worked with the company they called him a lester fuck him <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to talk about, I also wanted to talk about Rome, Rome's story of going to management camp and having, oh to wear, uh, having to dress up like a turkey and telling people to go fuck them. He's like, the scene where he was telling the, the man that his wife was unsatisfied while dressed as a sure. mascot at a theme park. Also, is, is I think like, that the... They, they, the show balances that shit so well. I think that the scene stealer of the episode came from the, the guy that he meets like in the locker room at the management yeah, camp, who's buddy. like, "I'm in Enigma. I'm there, and then I'm gone." I, I wouldn't be surprised if that guy starts coming back more and becomes Roman's little like his Greg. Well, he well, said, well, he said it to Jerry on the phone. He's like, "Fast track this fucking guy." Yeah. He's like, that guy's going to be my assistant now and be my little clownish exploits. Uh-huh. Because, you know, he's like a, he's like a comedic Shakespeare villain where you're, it's like not the, really the th- real threat. He's just causing problems. He's a little... Yeah, who's the comp for him in Shakespeare? Uh, maybe like um, uh, Bad Guy in Othello, but not that smart. Rodrigo? No, the other one. Iago? Because he's, he's like, he talks shit and seems like it gets started, but he's also just kind of a fool... So I don't know. Iago's kind of a brutal douchebag. Yeah. 
I feel like if that, I feel like the show could go in the direction where if Roman gets power and becomes a, a fucking brutal douchebag. Do you think that's happening though? Oh, also, uh, there's, I don't know. they could go in so many directions though. Just to well, let's get one more Shakespeare in here because Succession felt the need to because it's so aware of how Shakespearean it is. The scene with Kendall and Logan and um, ugh, that other old white guy that works with them sometimes who says, oh, it's like Coriolanus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he explains a synopsis of the plot and Logan says, ah, take your library card and fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the show's so fucking smart. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's so much going on. There, This whole episode took place at uh, Fox News while there was... You know, uh, protests happening outside, and there was, and then a talking, suicide in the building. They're talking about Antifa. They're like, "Yep, that organization Antifa is going to kill us all." Yeah, which is just well, fucking, and the and it's just like the they've drank the Kool Aid so hard, you know. And the re- that's the reason why Greg wants to quit is he wants to be away from. He's like, "There's pr- there's protests outside, yeah. and there's people using putting, people's furniture yeah, that's in right. here." Tom and him putting their feet up on that guy is so fucking funny. That they, it is like that Shakespearean, like, here's a clown scene, but it's forwarding the plot. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. And deepening the the tones and themes of that show. I mean, the, the Antifa stuff was great. All, like, it was such a... This show is... And they wrote it a year and a half ago. Exactly. The, the, this is just like the, the unionizing yeah. the media company thing. Like, this show is just reflecting what we're looking at so vividly. Yeah. A lot of the time. It might be one of the most, like, prescient shows on television right now. Oh, my now. God. I mean, by a mile. Yeah. Fucking A. Succession. How many more episodes are there? I'm not sure if there's eight or if there's ten. This was number four, so... So we're, like, halfway through. I, I would bet that maybe the next one is, like, end of did we one. Did we say we think there are going to be three or four seasons? Uh, four would... If, if we're doing over-unders, and the over-unders three and a half... Or five. <laughs> I would. Ho- I think four would really get it done. But maybe if they're going full Shakespeare, then it would have to be five, right? Yeah, but HBO might be like, hey, we have a history of making people do, like, half seasons. I guess AMC did that. They're like, you're going to do seven seasons, but one of them's only going to have three episodes in it anyway. Isn't, like, the... Re- doesn't... Isn't the real owner of we're going to split this last one in half Harry Potter? Wait, what? Okay, so Breaking Bad and Mad Men and Game of Thrones all split their oh, final seasons right. in half. Yeah, Harry Potter's a great example. Harry Potter, I think, did that so first. So is the fucking Marvel movies. Because but Harry Potter came way before it. Sure. Sure, 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 sure. Don't have much to say right now about Harry Potter. No, sure, but I mean, I don't, we got there, so... I guess Aside from Alan Rickman, who's the best... Fuck yeah. Best thing Obviously. about it. Obviously. Yeah. Of all the British actors... That they assembled, which was all of the British which actors. Which was all of them. I mean, Alan Rickman. My fucking girl Maggie Smith is in those, and I don't know if anyone. I guess. <laughs> I'm just playing. You are playing, man. I love the Brits. Downton Abbey comes out here in like 15 days, man. So you got a, a lot of that to watch. Ah, shit. <laughs> oh, that one might not. That might not. Ha- I thought that wasn't coming out till like December. I did too, but it's coming out in. Uh, September twentieth. My personal schedule has been. Uh, and I don't think that I, I don't think that Down Abbey has released a real trailer yet. I think it's still just the one that's like, here's the music and the bells that you recognize. Yeah, and you gasping before we watch a Tarantino movie, and the whole audience. Going, that's right. What is that guy excited about? Right, but you know what? The first the first time it happened to me, and we can take a break after this. Katie and I were seeing this terrible movie called Greta that came out at the beginning of the year. It was, oh, I loved that movie. You did not see it. I did not. Uh, it was so bad, but there was a quiet moment in that movie while the theater next to us was still in its trailers, and they had the... And I knew I knew that the trailer was playing somewhere. Because you heard the music? But I heard... Yeah, I heard the <laughs> piano lines. And I leaned over to Katie and I said, if we were in that theater right now, I'd be screaming. But I'm in here, and this movie fucking sucks. I told uh, my, my brother and my sister-in-law that that was coming out, and they had meltdowns as well. Down Abbey fucking From slaps. the other room, people are screaming, what? Downton Abbey? Yeah. That shit slaps. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess that's the end of our succession conversation. 
Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're halfway through it now. I'm glad we've been, like, tracking this episode by episode. We haven't started doing that. We're going to have more on our plate. The deuce is coming up. Yeah. I did watch uh, the... Let's take a break. I watched the Righteous, righteous Gemstones. And I think that this is a fine place to take a break. Either, <laughs> either way. <laughs> Everybody smells good. Act three, ladies and gentlemen. Check, check. Uh, thank you for enjoying your break as much as we enjoyed ours. <laughs> I don't know how much I enjoyed my break. I haven't had time to measure. Oh, we had to the ups and downs of it. Change some batteries. And we did have to do that. I uh, ate a cracker. I ate several. Uh huh. All right. So we just had a. We just wanted to shoot shoot the shit on a couple other things. Mm-hmm. We teased that we watched some other trailers earlier, mm-hmm. and the one that I think we've both seen multiple times now. But we just want to shine, shine a little light on. A movie we're excited about. Fuck yeah. Uh, and that movie is oh. Robert Eggers' The Witch. <laughs> Psych! The Lighthouse. I just got your shine a little light on. I was, uh, I was too wrapped up in the no, way that I did I, that. I, I just got it, though. So okay. There you go. All right. On a, on a re-listen, listen. listen on, on, a a re- re-listen. on a re-listen to this, listen to that. Listen up, suckas. Who knows what I'm going to cut out of that, because it was a mess. No, I think, I think <laughs> all of that worked great, honestly. It looks about as... That sounded as crazy as this movie looks. Um, Fuck yeah. The Lighthouse is about Willem Dafoe and Twilight. His name is Robert Pattinson, and he does good movies. High Life is one of the best movies I see all, saw all year. Did you used to get compared to him when your hair was like his when you were younger? Uh, I was at a beer festival one time. <laughs> It was actually on my, I think, 24th birthday, and this drunk girl ran up, and she screamed, Team Edward, and then screamed it again, and got down on one knee with the rock and roll hands up, and her friend took a picture of her in front of me. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I was more of a Jacob. <laughs> well, fuck you. I'm more of an Edward, bro. What do you have to say I, about uh, that? Debate I never expected we would have. But I think I have seen at least the first two Twilight movies. I just I always suspected I was part werewolf. I can't confirm. Or maybe it's just the. Yeah, I don't know where it comes from, to be honest with you. We can cut some of that out. Yeah, anyway, we did a lot of stuff on Twilight just then. We got we got off the rails a little. No, on we're Twilight. just gonna have to keep it all. So, uh, <laughs> so the lighthouse looks so it looks great. It's I've, these two guys in a lighthouse. I mean, like look up the trailer, pause this podcast, look up the trailer, come back. This thing looks nuts. It looks fucking nuts. Yeah. Did, was that as nuts looking as you expected? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that that shit. Uh, it's funny because when you first described, I want to point this out. When you first described this movie to me before we saw the trailer, we joked about wouldn't it be funny if like they were so isolated that they like fell in love. Yeah. And uh, I, we, after watching the trailer, we still suspect that that might be part. That of that plot. might be exactly. Yeah, what and happens. then they end up murdering each other and yeah, because like they can't that. deal with that in the whatever isolation and in whatever era that set in. I think early twentieth century. Or yeah, something. I was saying I would like it if it were like a Herman Melville thing, but they sound Scottish. I don't know what's going on. I don't really know either. You know, in the A twenty four podcast where Ari Aster and that guy had a conversation. Eggers. Eggers had a conversation about the movie. Ari Aster said that it reminded him of Harold Pinter because he'd seen an early thing of it. And I I can kind of see that in there a little bit. Do you want to do a little Pinter real quick? You and me? If you feel like it. Go. We don't have to. I could go. So... Imagine that, but they're in a lighthouse. <laughs> sure, that was a lot of things, that little radio play that we just put on. That's okay. The Pinter fans will recognize that. Pinter fans, Ibsen fans, and Miser fans will all find a little something to like in that, uh, yeah. <laughs> in that little... Pause this real quick. 
Go, look, go to Wikipedia. Do your homework. Yeah, White, Lighthouse looks great. We're it looking looks, forward to it that. It looks really. Crazy. I think once you it's know, it's in black and white. It's yeah. You said probably eighty minutes long, which sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, that's a total guesstimate, but there's a line that he has where he's like, "Have we been here for two days or five weeks?" Yeah, and I'm like, I bet the movie's gonna be that disorienting. It's gonna feel that way too. Yeah. I think once once like October and November December rolls around and there's a lot of those movies we're gonna we're definitely gonna do some movie stuff. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of movie stuff, you just watched the favorite, which we wanted to shoot I a little did. shit on. I'm late to the game. I wanted to see it in theaters, but I just didn't. I don't fucked know. that up. I fucked it up. Um, but I saw it. It came out on HBO the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I really liked it. I was expecting to really like it, and I really did. Yeah. Um, the lobster was fucking bizarre, crazy. You haven't seen Killing of a Sacred Deer, though, right? No, I haven't. I'm curious, like, what, because they feel like they have, like, different, all completely different vibes, but still just as crazy. Like, the the lobster's like a Greek tragedy. <laughs> I, the, the, vi- the vibes are similar. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. That guy has a vibe. <coughs> my 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 guy Yorgos no, Lanthimos. He has a vibe, but like, if if the lobster's a Greek tragedy, then I guess um, the favorite is more like Shakespearean. I was, it's like Jacobean. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so I don't know what the the really the plot is of Killing of a Sacred Deer, um, but it's hard to describe the plots of any of these movies. This guy's oh he does he has a a vibe oh and yeah it's a very crazy vibe, um it's oh they're 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 very cruel and very yeah sadomasochistic yeah this guy listens to a lot of like Norwegian black metal and stuff like that. <laughs> he's Greek man I don't know I don't know what those guys listen to. they have a lot of metal in Greece I do think. they have a lot of metal I actually saw a map of like metal bands to people and uh, there were Latin Greece. Yeah, it's a weird map. It's a weird map. It's a weird map. Yeah, Egyptian metal. <clears throat> this guy, uh, Yorgos. Yorgos. Uh, just Lanthimos. makes bizarre shit. The lobster is about people who are potentially going to be turned into animals if they don't fall in love. And there's metaphors there. And this movie is about two women vying for the affection of the queen, of the, queen the mad queen. And did you love Olivia Colman in this? Oh, yeah, she was great. Oscar-worthy, you thought? Well, she got it, didn't she? She did. Yeah, I think she deserved it. It's a fucking good performance. She's a big stage actress. And also, I mean, let's not discredit... I mean, not discredit, but let's not forget how fucking good she is in Fleabag. Yep. As the stepmother. Yeah, and she's so... Because she's been in so many things. She's like a... She's a... That, she's, she's, a, a she's a character actor yeah. that's just been working for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, she's really good in Fleabag. Uh, she there's a shot in the favorite where it stays on her face for like a minute and a half, and mm-hmm. she passes through all these emotions, and then like there's a tear hanging there, <laughs> which is like the most impressive thing. Like she doesn't actually cry; she just like wells her eye up. Where you're like, there's gonna be a tear, like it's gonna happen, but she like. She holds it at the threshold. I've like right. never fucking seen a performer do that. Yeah, before. I know. It is a <laughs> Yeah. They all might have gotten lucky, but they had a great All three of those performances actor. I think are pretty stellar. And one of those the things about that movie that I've always wanted to cite in some way was that the the whoever the costume designer on that and I think that the I think that that movie won the costume design Oscar. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh Rachel Weiss after she has her her eye shot eye patch her, it's like thing. but they're it's like a thong yeah it's like this like lingerie eye patch and now she's it's one of the best fucking pieces i've ever seen in my life that's like that like reminded me of like if we were back at tda doing something like that and we're like what if she just wears lingerie over to, to cover that eye well and that's like it's <laughs> so i don't know there's some great symbolism going on there because she starts out as kind of the antagonist yeah. To uh, Emma Stone. Emma Stone, who is the little poor girl trying mm. to work her way up. And throughout the story, they kind of switch places. And Emma Stone gets like more beautiful, protagonist y looking, and Rachel Vice gets more villainous looking. Yeah. But by the end, Rachel Vice is the victim, and right. Emma Stone has become this fucking monster. Right. And there's the, that constant theme of like your face in the mess, which I guess maybe some of that. 
iPad stuff is like because Emma Stone is introduced by being pushed out of a carriage into yeah, the mud. That's right. There's lots of like it's very Strindbergian symbolism. Yeah, it's stuff. very Strindbergian. That's a that's a fucking great movie. That probably should have won Best Picture last year. Yeah, I really, really, really. I've said the t- I, in this podcast. I said the two and movies should have won Best and Picture. The, <clears throat> the guy from. Uh, Mad Max, I can't remember his name, the young British kid. Nicholas Holt. He's fucking great. Oh my god, yeah, great performance. He's such a slime ball in it. I think you could translate that that movie into a play really easily. Sure. Um, the one thing that you might lose, which is the one of the best scenes in the movie, is the him chasing Emma Stone all over the forest, diving for her, and crashing against the ground <laughs> constantly. Yeah, you'd have to that's, work, that's one of the, have to work it. That's one, of the, that's one of the best scenes in the movie. God, there were so many good scenes. There's, They're racing... Uh, what are they racing the first time? Is it ducks? Yeah. They're something? racing ducks, and she has this collection of rabbits, and there's all this yeah. animal stuff, which yeah. he really likes. That's a yeah. good thing. And then they race uh, lobsters later. The queen has mm-hmm. stuff. She's like, we're going to race the lobsters, and then we're going to cook them. And it's just fucking madcap kind of shit. Yeah. Like, the, the madcap costume drama is one of my most favorite movie genres. Yeah. Strange subgenre. Oh, man. Yeah. Madness of King George, Marie Antoinette. I guess Marie Antoinette's not super madcap, but it obviously is, has an over-the-top quality to it. Those, those movies... History of the World, part one. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, it's good to be the king. Oh, oh the Inquisition. But he's... Anytime there's, like, uh, human beings that are chess pieces kind of shit. Yeah. Literally on a giant chessboard that the king is ordering around. Yeah. They do the... They go out shooting in this, and that's a big theme. And they're, like, shooting at armor, and they're shooting ducks out of the sky. And um, there, there's some transition where Emma Stone shoots it, and the blood sprays all over Rachel yeah. Weisz, and the power is shifted, or whatever. It's a great movie. Would highly recommend. Would highly recommend. We'll watch again. Do we have anything else we want to do? I don't know. We have a lot on our list. Yeah. So coming next up. next week we are coming back with the season premiere of the fucking Deuce. The Deuce, baby. I don't know if we've ever mentioned how excited we are about <laughs> that show, but we are. Well, we're doing that. We'll obviously do Succession. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by then I'll have some Dark Crystal under my belt so we can talk a little bit about the Dark Crystal. Yeah, if not that, watch Midnight Run, because I watched that too, and that's a, that's a <laughs> we classic. We can talk about Midnight Run. Hey, <laughs> man. There's a, there's a couple of crazier things I can, I can throw I, away. I, I catch I'm up sure on this. I have to start watching something. I'll go, I'll go look at the list. Maybe things. soon we should we should section off 15 minutes from Inborda. Sure, or Pompadou. If you don't know what those are, go look them up. We got some, yeah. Pompadou no one can find anymore. Alright, this is over. Alright, everybody, thank you so much for hanging around here at the Black Velvet Boot Club. That's exactly what we're calling it. And, uh, yeah, enjoy your champagne, and we'll see you soon here at Hot Little Takes. Hell yes. Ingen bindningstid, första månaden gratis. Nu erbjuder vi även bredbandstelefonit. Ingen fakturerningskostnad. Rättefritt! Inga dolda avgifter. Rättefritt! Ingen portoavgift. Köp bekräftat. 